Do you crave deep and meaningful conversations? The kind of conversations that jazz you up, stretch your mind, and leave you wanting more? Welcome to Suzanne Says, Courageous Conversations About Life and Living. I'm your host, Suzanne Bird-Harris, and I talk with friends and colleagues about what lights them up, their fears and flaws, who they've been, who they are, and who they're becoming. You know, the stuff that makes and breaks us. So get comfy. Here we go. Hello, Gail. How are you, woman? It is good to see you. It is good to talk to you. It seems like it's been forever since we've uh, been able to have this type or this level of conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I was thinking about it this morning. I realized I did the time math and realized it was about four o'clock in the morning for you. And I'm sitting here. (laughs) Look at this. I'm so used to the time difference going the other direction to like London or something where I'm late to the party, you know? Right. Right. And think about it. Well, actually that is what's still happening because it's tomorrow where you are. Uh It's Sunday. It is Sunday here. Uh Uh-huh. So, okay, I'm used to it being the other way still, though. Anyway, it's, um, so you're in Japan. Yes? Yes, Yes. Uh uh-huh, I'm in Japan. I'm in Okinawa, Japan. Okay. And most of my family is the Eastern Standard, Eastern Daylight Time, but I guess it's standard now the time has changed. Oh, it hasn't changed yet, honey. I am am 13 hours ahead of daylight savings time i believe it's 14 hours once your time goes back it is 14 hours for you and i and i'm in central time right now okay okay and here we haven't turned the clocks back yet it's only okay. 10 30 here oh and, all right and even in the eastern time zone it's only 11 30 it's nobody's changed any clocks yet yeah well it's 12 30 here so it's 13 hours ahead. It's 12.30 in the afternoon, Sunday, here. No, honey, it's only 12 hours. No. Mm-mm. It's 13. It's 12. 12 plus 1. Well, for here, for Eastern time, it's 12 plus 1. So it's 11.30 there. It's 12.30 here. I'm done talking about which direction around this ball we're trying to figure time math. Never mind. Anyway, we see why it's been a minute. It scrambles my brain to try and figure out not the talking to you, but the thing that can. What time it is. Right, right. All right. This is probably going to be one of the goofiest one of these. Oh, yeah. Off to a good start here. Yeah. So, we were talking before I uh, decided, oh crap, we're having the conversation. We need to record. Right, um, right. <laughs> we were talking about the internet and social media and how it has changed, especially the younger generation, um, how they see the world and how, whether or not they even think about privacy and keeping things out of social media and keeping it private. You know, I 
don't even think, I don't think they think of it in terms of that. Honestly. You're probably right. Yeah. I don't think that's their perspective. And I have been, I've spent the last 14 months of my life, all of my waking moments, some little channel in my brain has been on these types of questions and topics. Like, in the back burner part of my brain, you know, uh-huh, uh-huh. and often when I'm, you know, in any spare time I have in every night before I'm, you know, I'm trying to, if I'm not 2% battery, when I hit the pillow, <laughs> you know, in the evenings, I think about this stuff and it's like, I don't even think that any, the, like my daughter, my youngest is 22. I don't think that she is experiencing obviously she's not experiencing the 22nd year of her life in any way shape or form like i did mine right you know it's very very different world we live in it is and i submit the same is true of you and lisa your daughter and you know lexi is there's 35 years between her and i age wise i was I turned 35 two weeks after her, she was born. And I think they do think about privacy, but I think they think of it in a wildly different context than that you and I do. I I agree with you, but I cannot, I don't even, I don't know how they think of it. I don't know how, for example, this is, this is a perfect example. You know, on Facebook, we get all of these these memes and especially, I think, since COVID, all these questions about, you know, what would you do if this and when is your birthday and what is your middle name and what is your and and people don't stop to think that they're giving information to people. That's true. That if somebody wanted to hack you, you've given them all the pieces to figure out passwords Unless, unless you actually follow the rules of online security and don't be using your middle name and your mother's birthday. All that stuff. Exactly. Right. Or your security stuff. If you follow the rules and use those jacked up 15 character, help God help you try to remember. It ain't happening. Well, I I have a book of passwords. I have to have my book of passwords because I can't remember all of that. I cannot Mm. remember it. I have to write it down. I don't write any of them down. I don't know how you keep up with them then. I really don't. Password software on the computer that is also on the phone that is on any device that I need a password for. And it all syncs. If I add one, they all get it. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Because that is actually the safest way. To do to it, mm-hmm. keep that shit in this day and oh, I said a bad word. Um, <laughs> I have I have been uncharacteristically clean mouthed so far, and as someone <laughs> sorry, as someone who has heard me in full blown sailor mode, um, <laughs> come up for air. I know it is funny when I get like that. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying you're a bad influence, but <laughs> you're saying, saying I am saying you might have something to do with it. If just the fact that I'm looking at you <laughs> face, and I go, Oh, 
that face has heard all that before. Uh-huh. uh-huh <laughs> Let the guard uh-huh. down a little bit. <laughs> but uh, but you made the comment about something about the perverseness of oh yeah the power I of one. I said that uh so we were talking about this what to us appears to be a complete lack of privacy online right uh, in social media but to them they look at us like what is your malfunction right we are we are dinosaurs to them yes um and i was making the comment that i i see it i see two sides of the same coin in that the difference if I try to imagine myself at 22 in 2021, mm-hmm. instead of 84 when I was 22, right, right, right. <laughs> uh, I can get an inkling of what that perspective is just by virtue of the fact that I have one of them in my house right now. Right. I've got a close and personal front row seat to right to see at 22 in 2021 for a girl for my girl so the most relative example i could get is right here so but yet yet wild chasmic chasms of difference between us in many ways but she is my daughter so there's that and so what i think is that we see one of two extremes it's either like when you and I were in school and we had a crappy day and the mean girls had their lunch on our ass. Right. Uh, we'd go home, be it on the bus or walk. But once we got home, all that nonsense from the day, we didn't have to mess with until the next day. The when next we went. day. Right. Now, um, there is nowhere to go. Unless you have, you know, take a deep breath. But that's because they do it themselves. They put it all out there. They don't have to, they don't have to do that. No, they don't. But as the world has gotten supposedly more communicative in that we're more connected without having to get up. (laughs) And go anywhere. Right, right. We can talk to anybody on the planet virtually right now. And not have to leave the spot we're in. That's so true. Because of that, isolation is happening at the geographic level. And communities are forming in the virtual world. Right. And that's where they live. It's not. But, a but see, it seems to me if you've had that, that bad day and you go home and now they're after you online, turn it off. Walk away. Yes. And, and walk away from it. I've heard a lot of people express, oh, God, that sounds like they're addicted to their phones. And by textbook definition, it is addiction because it's compulsive behavior. Right. That can be interrupted, but takes great force to interrupt and redirect. To interrupt it. Right. Right. Yeah, and you have to do more than interrupt. You have to redirect. Yeah, you do. I have attempted to start a meditation practice. And it all sounds all well and good. 
but to get into the habit, you have to do it for X number of days straight. <laughs> and so I don't necessarily do it for X number of days straight, but I do see it as a gift. It's yeah. a gift. Yeah, it is. So why don't I take advantage of that gift every day? <laughs> and I guess the other side of that is I push it to my clients. I tell my clients, you need to be doing this every day. Every It, it, it helps you to be calm. It helps with anxiety. It helps with depression. It helps you to think more clearly. Yeah. I don't know how we got on this topic. I have a comment to that. So imagine you have, you're pushing this mountain or what feels like a mountain. A mountain. Mm -hmm. You are straining against the impossible. All your energy is feeling like you're little Tommy with his thumb in the dike. Right. Where is, how do you shift from that to, oh, with any right. consistency? Right, right. So that, yeah. Right. So, woo. But unfortunately, being able to observe those kind of connections and connect those dots, that helps me. Right. Right. So, but, but my comment about the power of one is when it goes the other way and the online world gives you this false sense of anonymity mm. and you think you can just say whatever you want. Right. And there's no consequences. Yep. Yet there may not be immediate consequence or any consequence to you for you dumping and trolling on the internet. But that does not mean there is not an effect. Right. And that is a glaring, perverse use of the power of one, in my opinion. Gotcha. Gotcha. That makes sense. I get it. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it does then follow that if I can get a grip on myself, I am helping to save the world. Right. I, and that makes sense to me. You, you got to realize the impact may not be directly to you, but could be to someone you care about. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. can be to you a year down the road. Mm -hmm. It may not be immediate. It may not be something that you even connect the dots. Yeah. But there is a consequence. Yeah. And the energy changes in your environment. Exactly. Someone in your world all of a sudden gets real calm and real collected and way less triggered than anybody else in your world, you're going to gravitate toward that because it's attractive. You know what, what I love about talking to you, Gail? And, you know, first, we should probably tell the folks at home, ah, what do you do, Gail? Who are you? In fact, well, no, I almost let you cheat on my first question. I ask everybody so far, without saying what you do for people, who are you? Who are you, Gail? Um, I am. <clears throat> That's a good. How would I am? Without saying what I do. Yep. I am a an, a a mature 
female, African-American female, who is living a dream. That's awesome. See, that's why I like talking to you. Who is doing what I would never have imagined that I would be doing. Seeing the world in a way that I would never have imagined I would be able to do. Working one-on-one with people. Helping them to see things differently. Either a paradigm shift or a different perspective. Mm -hmm. That can be frustrating at times. when When they don't see it. Yeah. When when people don't see see their own magnificence. But I understand it because usually I don't see mine. I don't see mine. So I get it. I do. Um but people can get down into a really into a rabbit hole and not see up. And then and then I also enjoy I don't know if I told you this not too long ago I finally had the chance to say to someone what is wrong with you? <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> I usually don't say that to people. I really don't. <laughs> I, I, I may ask questions for them to see things different or come to that conclusion on their own. Look here, girl. It is real important that the folks at home understand because you're about to be asked what you do for a living. <laughs> And I really want them to understand the context of you saying to somebody, what is wrong with you <laughs> that is not your child? <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, Lord. But being an older woman, most of the people I work with are young, much younger than me. So I do understand that perspective we were talking about with you and your daughter. Yeah. yeah. A lot of that is what I I'm dealing with, with these, the younger people that I work with. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like we are uh, so many of us who spend a lot of time online. Um, it is, uh, it is a community. You can have community online. You can have support and emotional connection and, the only thing, the things that you can't do online are reach out and hug someone, which since, since COVID, well, hey, yay, you know, right. there've right. been lots of people being able to avoid losing their damn minds because of technology. And right. I'm grateful to right. be alive to do where I can talk to you. You're in flipping Japan for crying out loud. Right. And the only thing I can't do is reach out and give you a hug, but you and I can see your face. I can right. read, read your facial expression, your body language. You could do sign language at me and I would be able to communicate, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that that is amazing. So It is. I agree with you. What is that space we're in but the virtual space, right? And that's what makes it okay for me to do this and be so far away. Because I can connect with my family and friends right. on the other side of the world. So that's the great side of it. But the right one of the un, I think one of the unplanned effects of it, and I don't really want to put too much emphasis on the word unplanned because I haven't put a lot of thought into that 
word choice. But one of the maybe unexpected would be good there. I don't know. But maybe one of the outcomes that was not thought about enough ahead of time was what do humans typically do when they are isolated by themselves in a space for too long? Because I think whatever the answer to that question is, is what we're seeing happen because, but maybe slower, although it doesn't feel slow. I think it's got sped up over the past four or five years, especially given, you know, government and, and everything that has happened. Um, well, and when you have a worldwide pandemic, everybody's going to go online to connect because nobody wants to go anywhere and be, be near anyone. Right. And then it drags on long enough. I mean, look, we were just talking about how long does it take to create a habit? Right. 18 months will do it. Yep. <laughs> Especially yep. when it's forced. Yep. You don't have a choice. Yep. Yeah. So I yep. think that, I think you're right. I think things are changing faster. Every morning we wake up is faster than the one before in many ways. So part of, part of what I'm trying to figure out is how to slow it the hell down a little bit. Be more yep. present in this moment, in this space, in my body, in my brain. Right. Feel this journey right. through life, not just think it. Right. But I tell you, this this aging process. <laughs> oh, God, we're going there? <laughs> is... <laughs> There's not a word in English for it, is there? It, it really isn't. I, I never imagined myself to be old. You and I both. In the scheme of things, that's where I am, at least. I that 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 is I mean I'm 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 old I'm old. <laughs> There's no other way to say it. I am older. I am more mature. There are there always will be people older. There will always be people younger. But I, I'm a baby boomer. So if that tells you, and I'm the last year uh -huh. of that, right? Yeah. And so we come from a generation that is very large. Yeah. So we did only see things one way because everyone around us was our same age and saw things the same way. But yeah. as now, as we get older, while we are still the bigger generation, we are dying off. And so I believe the generation behind us is bigger than we are because we had children. <laughs> um, actually, I think it's not. I think millennials, not, there's not, I thought either millennials or generation Z, one of them was bigger than us, but I'm not sure which one it is. I was, I was reading some stats for doing some market research for a client the other day uh -huh. about job search and age discrimination uh -huh. and read a statistic that in 2020, 34% of the U.S. population was 50 or older. 34% oh, wow. of it. Mm -hmm. And that by 2040, that percentage will grow 
by a few points and that that is the baby boomers moving up the age ranks because i'm 57 i'm the last year of the so-called baby boomers boomers. right and so i'm 57 this year and i think being right on the cusp like that mm-hmm. for me. right you can see see a lot of different yeah, because my daughter-in-law my daughter-in-law misty joe's wife mm-hmm. she is 41 this year mm-hmm. so she's the generation behind the boomers right you know? right and there's not much age difference between she and i what 15 years 14 years something like something like that mm-hmm. And my her husband, my oldest son, is seven years younger than her at 34. So there for me is Misty's right on that dividing line between grown up and child in my brain. You know? And no matter how old she gets, as long as I'm still breathing, she's probably gonna represent that line for me. Mm-hmm. You know, where she starts, that's where the kids are because anything mm-hmm. older than her <laughs> is where the grown ups are. <laughs> Which is yeah, weird because funny. so much of, I'm like, all of them, all three of my kids, their partners, my granddaughter, grandson. How was your, how was Zoe? Oh, girl, she is 13. Oh, like, Almost nose to nose with me, which wow. is not much of an accomplishment. We all realize that five wow. four, everybody's basketball player, but wow, she is just tall and uh-huh. lanky. I can I can see her lanky, being lanky. Yeah, yeah, tall and lanky like Joe, and oh, she's so smart and she's so calm. Oh my That's goodness! Nice. That's good. It is really great to see her be so uh-huh. calm in a crazy what way. is her generation called what 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 have they labeled them at beats me man yeah all i know is the z is at is after the millennials isn't there a y there may be a y after z that's as far, that's all i know that's as far as i know <laughs> My daughter is a millennial. She's 33. So she's, it's interesting to see the world from her eyes. She was raised to be very independent, very um, outspoken, almost too, <laughs> too much, too far <laughs> with the outspokenness. Um, but she can take care of herself. She doesn't need uh, a man or anyone else to do that. She does that Quite well, thank you very much. Yeah. Um, and now to hear her talk about her dad, <laughs> it's, it's, we are we, she. He and I are the old people now, and she yeah. has to look out for us. Oh yeah. She she was telling me a story about how he can't find he doesn't remember the password for his phone, and so she had to go and help him. They, he has he doesn't have an Apple product. He has an Android. So they called the company and the company said, okay, we'll send the password to his email address. Well, he doesn't remember the password to get into his email because he doesn't use it. 
So they, they play. She said she worked with him for four hours until finally she just said, Daddy, you're on your own. I'm sorry. I can't help you no more. Wow. That's so foreign to me. Cause right, right. Because you're all that's all that's your world. That's what you do. Uh-huh. That's funny though. I certainly have clients like that. Uh-huh. Bless their hearts. I mean, and you know, I'm not mad at them. I I stay on the phone with them until we get it figured out. You have a lot of patience. You really do. For people like me, I mean, I know my passwords, but anything above that, I I, I, I let you handle it for me. That's what you do. I rely on you to do what you do. I will pay you to do what you do. I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Because there's a whole list of stuff I'm like that about as well. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so anyway what do i do i am a coach and a psychotherapist um and i probably am very unique in that i do combine the two and so none of it is is pure (laughs) that's the best way for me to put it um i get it it's a hybrid of both it's a hybrid Mm mm-hmm I, I am a champion to my clients. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't tell people what to do. I try to ask them questions unless they're so far down the rabbit hole that they need help to even get to the surface and look around. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that happens. People are so far down that rabbit hole that they can't even imagine yeah. what's next for them or how to how to see the sunshine. There is no sunshine for them. Um, And when it gets to that point, at least in my job here, that's when I have to refer them for for more help than I can give them because the job is such that I am a military family life counselor. um, And I work with the military, with the service members and their families. And it is, um, we are uh, an adjunct to mental health on base with the military. They can come to us knowing that we don't keep records. Nothing is reported back up their chain of command. Mm. Unless they tell me they're going to hurt themselves or someone else. Right. They talk about a crime. They talk about domestic violence. They talk about elderless, elderly abuse, elder abuse, or child abuse. Other than that, no records are kept. Um, and that's a beautiful thing. It is. <laughs> that's a beautiful thing. It is. To have a space where you can just puke whatever. Uh-huh. Get and, it out. And, yeah, get it out in a safe space. Mm-hmm. And I tell my clients, especially the service members, because the military doesn't teach them how to feel and how to manage their emotions. In fact, it teaches them just the opposite. <laughs> yeah, turn them off. Uh-huh. Compartmentalize stuff, stuff, stuff. You don't need those things. You don't need feelings. Put up that mm-hmm. facade and keep it moving until you hit that brick wall. Because eventually, in your lifetime, you will hit that brick wall. I get a lot of couples coming in where the partner is emoting all over the place and the service member doesn't know what to do with that. Yeah, you know, 
the divorce rate is it still higher than yes. the average in popular the general population yes because of that that dichotomy right yes yeah that yeah. makes total sense and so mm -hmm. sad but and and i tell them quite often you know people who come from i i found found in doing this work that people who come from dysfunctional families of origin gravitate to the military mm, because yeah. it provides that structure. Mm -hmm. It teaches them how to live and how to get through life and how to get through a day. Yeah. It teaches them how to compartmentalize and keep it moving until they can anymore. Because they're either dragging that mountain of baggage or pushing, trying to push and move a right. mountain. Right. Right. And I never, I never tell people that what they're doing is wrong yeah. because it's not, yeah. it's not wrong. It is what it, it is. Works. It works. Exactly. It works for them until it doesn't. Yeah. That's, that's what the military is looking for. That's why they bring them in so young. 18, 19, 20 years old, when they, when they have that complex that they are invincible, when they don't have to think and they just go do, or until they find themselves in a, in a situation where they um, develop PTSD. I mean, really serious forms of PTSD because yeah. of things they've had to do or see. And that's hard. That's hard. That is extremely hard. But those are the people that belong in the system. Those are not the ones that I need to be working with. Mm -hmm. They they need to be in mental health. They need more than I can give them. So you're kind of, you probably in your work then serve a dual purpose at, at the very least. One being providing an outlet to those folks for working through that, that conflict of feel, don't feel. Mm-hmm. And the ramifications of that conflict within them in their life and world mm -hmm. and a kind of like guard at the gate for someone who really is about to spin out and lose it and right. needs immediate aggressive care. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Gee. And, and that's what we do. We, we let them know, right? Um, so you decided to take up meditation, did you? I can't imagine why. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> oh. Besides the fact that I haven't been home since 2019, yeah. um, this, this has been the longest time away without a break. Usually I get to go home anywhere from nine to 12 months and spend a month or two at home. Um, but I have not been able to do that because of COVID. Right. So... Yeah, this has been a little bit more stressful than usual. But again, I love what I do. I really do. I, I love working with our service members. It makes me feel like I'm giving back. Yeah. Yeah. The You know, those memes on our blessed social media we were just talking about, the, I, the ones like, um, girl, you can do hard things. Mm-hmm. Remind someone that, they're capable of the hard stuff. Right. Is I think right. valuable. And it's also for me, like, don't get me wrong. I am on a 
mission to find the right combination of people, places, and things mm. to fill my life, mm -hmm. to execute my life in and with, mm -hmm. to enjoy it, to, yep. you know, like, I feel like, yes, Lexi's at home still. She went out, came back, and she's here still. But she won't be here forever. Right. And I feel like, you know, the I'm at the very beginning of the last third of my life. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of full circle-ness feeling about mm. it. Yep, I get it. You know, that whole, I am back. I made the joke the other day to someone that I'm back, back single with discretionary income and nobody in my pocket. Mm -hmm. And 35 years-ish smarter. 35 years worn out. Right. But 35 years more experienced and way more fed up than I ever thought about being at 22. Mm -hmm. um, and the it's interesting to see the effects. Like I'm, <laughs> to quote Chris Stapleton, I'm trying to untangle my mind, you know, mm -hmm. from a lifetime of reacting my way through life mm. now yep i have had moments of lucidity you know you and i've been together for some of those mm -hmm. over the years right and started way before i met you you know how when did we meet back in 2009 10 something like that we did that course with laura yeah the grand greatly um brene mm -hmm. brown work. Mm -hmm. That's where we really got a chance to know each other. Yeah. Oh, boy, howdy. Yeah, when you're <laughs> in a group for a weekend retreat and the topic is vulner shame and vulnerability, yeah, you get to know some people. Yeah, you do. God, that's really feels good to be reminded that I have been paying attention that long. Yep. You know? Yep, absolutely. And longer than that, a little bit. But that, you're right, that summer, or that was in May. Mm -hmm. And we did the course that led up to that. For like the school year before. Right. Mm -hmm. And May was like our get together. Right. At the end of it. Graduation, if you will. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Yep. yep. But you said something that, that, uh, that brought up something for me just now about reacting. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that that the the younger people see that that's what they do it to, for me still takes a conscious effort to realize that i am in control oh absolutely that i am not reacting to everything that happens to me yeah a lot of times i am but there are those moments when i when i choose mhm mm yeah i've been for the last Woo, gosh, year and a half or so, pretty much since COVID, um, spending time every week with a group of people that wherein we discuss um, how to turn the tide and start acting instead of reacting. Right. 
discern your path, decide what the hell you want. Right. And then go get it. Right. It is incredibly difficult. If you asked me, what do you, what do you want, Suzanne? I could spend the next 20 minutes telling you what I don't want. I know that very clearly, mm-hmm. but to zero in and push out of my face, a sentence that encompasses what I want for my life feels like blowing a watermelon through a straw. And, and when you think about that, look at that. Like you said, you are starting and I am into the, the last third of my life and I still don't, cannot tell you in one sentence what it is I want and where I'm going. I, that's weird. <laughs> is it weird? Maybe it's not weird. I don't know. You know I think it's weird. I think we think it's weird mm-hmm. because of our generation. We were supposed to, you know, look at us. I mean, you're 10 years older than me mm-hmm. and we have so much in common. Mm-hmm. And yet that 10 years does put some differences in perspective. Right. I think you were a lot older. You were 10 years. I was born in 64. You were 10. When I turned 10, you were 20. You were living, living a vastly different life. Right. In 1974 than I was at as a 10 year old at home. Right. Right. You know, you were already feeling your way through the world, feeling the world. Right. You know? And so I, I, and I stayed, I felt like I was not mature. I was a child. I lived at home all through college. And when I graduated college, I still didn't feel like a grown up. <laughs> I think I was born feeling like a grown up. <laughs> yeah, no, uh-uh. I I moved away. I got my first professional job and moved to Connecticut. Living I was no no longer living in my parents' home and got a an apartment. And I'd never lived in an apartment, so I didn't know. I got a basement apartment. My rugs were always damp. <laughs> I had a company car. Making all of twelve thousand dollars a year. Ooh, but you were you were banking it then. I was banking it. Yep, I had a, an expense check coming in in the middle of the month. Got paid once a month. Had my expense. I was doing pretty damn good. Yeah, I remember my first apartment. I had my apartment. I bought furniture. I bought decorations for the damn walls, Gail. <laughs> I had a car payment. I had a grown-up job. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I was like, ooh, Mary Tyler Moore, here I am. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, no, actually, for me, it was that girl. You know, so it's been, okay, let's just say for fun, 15, easy, easy math, 15 years since we did that shame and vulnerability work. Mm-hmm. What do you think, what would you say, if you've even thought about it in this context, in the time since, how do you see that having impacted your the trajectory of your life? You know, I, um, I show Brene Brown's TED Talk to my clients. Mm-hmm. So it's still very, very fresh and very new for mm-hmm. a lot of people vulnerability is not weakness and most most people don't see it that way right it is still weakness to a lot of people the secret i think i've come up with the secret of life gail you ready 
I'm ready. I'm ready. Tell me, tell me, tell me. I think that the figuring out that we need to do is to see that any given situation has multiple and equally true descriptions. Mm-hmm. And that what you, the two things, the what look like polar opposite two things you just said, right, are both right. And, and I do that, I, I have that conversation with a lot of people too. What is truth? Yeah, there are very few truths. Truth depends on your perspective. Well, I think for me, oh, and we talk about this a lot, there are very, very few absolute truths, like the truth. Very few. Exactly. There are a bazillion a truth. Right. There is a truth for me. For me, a truth is blah, blah, blah. And that is an expression of my perspective. Exactly. And I think the whole figuring out part is that, number one, unlike what most people, if you look at their behavior and try to determine the rules by which they live their life, Mm -hmm. what they deem as the truth, you get a wildly different list. And to tell them, oh, honey, guess what? You are really only in charge of most of what you think, all of what you say, all of what you do, right? and every bit of how you respond to that which you do not control. Right. That is your list. That is your kingdom. And that's where you rule. And anything outside the walls of that, you are wasting your breath, your energy, your time, your attention. Anything outside of that, you are not at the driver's wheel of, you're not. And, And add to that because it feels like, first, that feels like a really little bitty list when you're just listing it. But when you actually sit down and actually try to control your mouth, (laughs) and what you think right control what you think control what comes out your mouth right control what you do or don't do right and then the ultimate test when shit hits the fan and it comes flying at you what how what do you do then right well what you said a minute ago really is where your power is it is how how you how you respond and how you your perspective, how you think about things Mm -hmm. is where your power is. Yep. And language is how we program ourselves because we, our brains filter out so much of what there is to hear, see, smell, touch, Mm -hmm. taste. Mm -hmm. Because if we had to take all that in all the time, 24 seven, last 20 minutes no we wouldn't we wouldn't be able to to survive it'd be too much yeah so it already filters out so as we by the time we get to adulthood i think most of us are pretty much on automatic pilot Mm -hmm. with our coping mechanisms wrapped tightly around us we forge ahead through the world and think we know what we're doing Mm mm-hmm Until we find out, uh, no, you don't. Until we don't, (laughs) exactly. Until we don't. 
And that day of reckoning, I think I've observed people what I, I would say have little little bits here and there that mm-hmm. become cumulative mm-hmm. and other people, whether they're stronger or more stubborn or what is at play, seem to be smoother glass lakes for longer periods of time until there's a geyser in the middle of the lake, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. something has in their world. But what what's important and 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 maybe this is my perspective, maybe I'm <laughs> saying saying more about me in in this statement. Mm-hmm. Can can you take care of yourself? Can you can you support yourself in the style to which you want to be supported? Mm-hmm. Not that you depend on someone else, mm-hmm. but that you can live the life that you dream of that you want are you equipping yourself so and that's the only way you can do those things is to pay attention to those four things and only those four things Mm -hmm. but it's really an intricate learning process to learn how to open the faucet on your awareness because if you turn that knob too fast you'll stroke out you will i agree and you will scare yourself you will scare yourself yeah And I think I've done some of that in my early, in my twenties, I think my twenties, if there is a, like, if we, each decade is the chapter of our life, right? the title of the twenties for me would be, Mm -hmm. she ran experiments and scared the shit out of herself. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Too much, too, too quickly, too soon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so not prepared and any way that would sustain, you know, I certainly didn't do everything wrong. I had mm-hmm. my three children in that decade, mm-hmm. but boy, howdy. <laughs> yeah. Talk about having some upside down ass backward perspectives that were really working against me, but that were brought forward from, you know, my childhood, my teen years, right. and my coping with mm-hmm. all the change that, happened so much so fast right Um, and couple that with feeling truly like I was telling somebody else uh the first time I remember asking myself the question where was I before I was here I was three years old really yeah Three years old, laying in my twin bed, looking at the flowery wallpaper on the wall, thinking, oh, my nightgown matches the wallpaper. Huh. You re- you remember that? Yeah. Wow. That's why I say I think I feel like I was born an adult in my head. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and <laughs> displaced people have issues just regardless because of the displacement. Right. You know, no other reason. There's nothing necessarily wrong with them or the place they're at, but the combo is not working, you know? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. feeling like an adult from that age, yeah, by the time I actually was an adult, I had some really interesting ideas in my head that I had to untangle, (laughs) Uh Uh you know? So now all these years later, these three humans that I've brought to the planet are grown mm-hmm. right and now it's like oh 
huh, I have gainful employment, but I, you know, I'm mm-hmm. self-employed now, but mm-hmm. I have work. I'm able to take care of myself mm-hmm. and certainly to a degree of freedom to move about the cabin as I see fit without reporting right. into anybody, you know, right? or having to cover anybody. Mm-hmm. We, in my family, we do the, I don't care how grown you are. You, if you leave in town, you need to call your mama and tell her. Right. Um, right. That thing. We do that, do that. because mm-hmm. I do that. I mm-hmm. did that with my parents until they died and I do it with my kids now. Right. You know? mm-hmm. But apart from that, I'm at a place again where I'm like, look, uh, whew, it's almost some very, it feels very familiar in that it's, there's a lot of it's the same as before I had those three kids. Mm. Yeah. So, so your perspective has not necessarily changed. Oh, my perspective has changed, uh, but there's a, there's a full circle element to the fact that I am squarely back in the world, grown female, single, mm-hmm. I have discretionary income. I have the ability to move about how I see fit. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. got asked no mama and daddy, and I don't have any kids I got to get sitters for. Right. I am literally as free as it gets to do what I want. And that is a little overwhelming. <laughs> Interestingly, it's made more overwhelming when I allow myself to think about the fact that I'm 57, not 27 mm-hmm. or not 17, because mm-hmm. I can clearly remember 17 like it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, it feels like 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I hear music from that time. Like, don't even let me watch. Um, uh, what is it? Good Morning, Vietnam. Robin Williams. Right. Mm-hmm. I can't watch that movie and not right. be six years old again, just right. from the music. Right. That was on the radio when I was playing with my dolls, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. amazing how it reaches into 2021 and jerks me back five decades, <laughs> you know? Yep. 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 I get it. I do. So that makes me feel all this pressure. Like, look, okay, get out of automatic pilot. You need to find the gear and get with it, Missy. Okay. Because, okay. Uh, uh, you need to le- live the rest of it, as they say, woke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, self-aware for sure. Yep. And contend with the fact that it feels like my muffler's dragging the asphalt. And, you know, I got one low tire. And, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> I'm a bit of a jalopy at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I clean up well still. So there's uh-huh. that. You know? Exactly. And I, yep. And I, I have not lost my sense of curiosity or adventure. Right. Exactly. You know? I, I I agree with that. Yeah. I have not worn myself out. So I've not run myself so ragged that I'm just like, I'm mm-hmm. old. But I feel mm-hmm. you on the recognition that, oh my God, I'm old. Oh shit. Mm-hmm. How'd that happen? Mm-hmm. That number is, is just the number. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. You know? And like you said, the, 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 the body doesn't move and work the way it did. 
30 years ago. (laughs) Indeed. Statistically, you and I, we're both single now. You know, statistically, we're about to stay that way, right? I don't want to hear that. (laughs) That was not my plan. Although I do get it. Um, I, I will not just be with someone to say I'm with someone. That, oh, that, yeah, because uh, 20 minutes of that and I'd be in jail for murder. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But I had not planned to be single at this age. I had planned to be um, married or in a committed relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm still hopeful. I'm still hopeful that that will happen. One more time. Not five more times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've been married and divorced twice. I'm holding out for my third time's the charm. I hear you. I've only done it once. Um, and I'm holding out for the, the right one. Not just any one. That's important. Because I, I don't think I could wake up and be tied to someone and have that realization like, oh, shit, what did I do? Oh, shit. This is not going to work. Not going to work. Can't do that. I can't can't be in that. It's got to work. So I, I, I will be careful in my picking and choosing. Yeah, see, I'm I'm still formulating the application. Maybe that's what I should be doing is is working on the application too. Look, if you want a shot in hell, look, okay, so you and I are going to have to have another, we're going to have to make this a two-part one. So (laughs) Good. We're just going to keep on trucking. It will blame the hour for me and the day for you and because it's Sunday for you and it's late on a Saturday night for me. Yeah. And I'm talking about the stuff I love to talk about. So. Right. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. All, right. All right. So we will be back. Absolutely. If you're hell bent on wringing every last drop of awesome out of this life and the time you have here, I invite you to visit SuzanneSaysPodcast.com for more conversations and to subscribe. If you'd like to be a guest and have a conversation, email me at letstalk at suzannesayspodcast.com. Thanks for listening.